Amen. Go ahead and be seated. I'm going to have my wife give a quick, uh, I don't want to fall, man. I will, too. I'll fall off this thing. He will. <laughs> um, greetings, everybody. In the name of Jesus, I'm just very privileged and honored to be here with my husband to just spend time with you all, um, just fellowship and talk. And um, I want to say one thing about Pastor Danny. My husband and I are very, very proud of you. <laughs> very, very, like parents, very proud of you and your wife, Sabrina, and your family. Um, when we went to Porterville for the first time, my husband, I don't even remember, says, God is going to do something in his life. I can feel it. Wisdom beyond his years. Wisdom beyond his years. That was way back when. I didn't even know what year that was. That was, to me, a long time ago. And I've seen where God has brought him and position that he's in. And that's just all God in his submission to the will of God in his life and the love of God he has just for just serving him and his wife, Sabrina. So I just want to share that with you. Very proud of you. Um, and it is, it is an honor to be here. And I just want to share a little something to encourage you. You know, I was sitting there and I said, God, give me words to share that are uplifting. Because you all know that the devil tears down, right? So whatever's going on in your head and the things that you're hearing, that's the enemy tearing down. God always builds up. He always builds up. So use that as, a, as, as if you will, a compass. If you're feeling discouraged or you're feeling like, man, this isn't working out. God, you're taking too long to move. Listen, God builds up. So you start talking to yourself and you say, I know God's going to move. I don't know when, but I know he's going to move. I don't know when I'm going to get that answer prayer, but I know I'm going to get it. You start encouraging yourself. Yes, it's great to have those around you who do that, a pastor who does that. But listen, it's you and Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit. Don't leave the Holy Spirit out of your life. Because a lot of times we go to Jesus and we go to God, our Heavenly Father, but you've got to call on the Holy Spirit. He's got a, he's got a purpose in your life. And so I just want to encourage you with that. You all walked in here with the story. I walked in here with the story. And God knows your story. And I like to say that a lot because it's true. God created you to serve him. I mean, we're singing these beautiful songs in that last song. That is a classic worship song. Because we all went into worship, didn't we? We just all went into worship. We didn't care what the music sounded like. It was just a heavenly place to be in. And it was awesome to be there. And that's where we belong, in the presence of God. And when you come in with your story, man, come in here longing to be in that place. Because I remember the first few months that I came to the Lord, I didn't know anything about worshiping God or, you know, reading the Bible. I come from a very traditional religion. But when I began to hear God's people pray and get into worship, that changed my life. And for the first two years, I wasn't completely converted. I just wanted to be here. I just wanted to be here and be with God's people. And eventually God began to teach me and show me, and I began to long for the things of God. So when you come in here, come understanding and knowing that God's willing and ready to meet you, very willing to meet you, and be encouraged because God has a divine plan for all of us. Don't let anybody or anyone stop you from getting what God has for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I tell you, man, she gets going, and I, there's the message right there. Praise Jesus. Amen. Uh, yeah, my wife and I, we, uh, you know, uh, we went to the same high school, and uh, we both grew up in the city of Azusa, and we were there today, and I'm thinking, uh, man, I feel like I'm back in Fresno. Amen. It's hot. And, and, you know, we got to Ventura, I think, last Saturday. We're like, thank you, Jesus. Amen. We feel that ocean breeze. And, and uh, I think that's what keeps us alive, amen, <laughs> praise God. I'm excited to be here amongst friends, and uh, you, you know what, I, I, 
God was just showing me something. There, there are some of you here that were around when we were launched out into Russia back in, uh, it was a conference in 1993, and I remember, and I know in my heart, many of you here supported that all those years uh, that was not in vain. And today the church is still there, and uh, uh, the, the, we're excited, amen. And uh, Pastor Clem was there, and Pastor Richard Velasquez, and many others. And uh, uh, the, the, the pastor calls me the other day and says, Pastor, guess what? Uh, the country has opened up for Americans. And I said, well, praise God, brother. we got to do something about that. We can no longer just sit around and wait. And uh, so we're, we're praying that. We're really praying that if not us, we can get, well, you know, somebody uh, to get over there in October, amen. And, we, and we're excited about that, amen. We're just excited because we're mission-minded. And like a lot of you here, missionaries, uh, a mission-minded church, we're excited. And I remember the first time I went to uh, Porterville and Pastor Dan, the first time uh, I went over there, I remember he couldn't be there at that uh, evening. And I remember he tells me, Pastor Dan, I just don't get lost. I'm in Porterville. How am I going to get lost? There's only two streets, and they meet at one light. Amen. That's what I thought of Porterville, but, you know, I got lost. Amen. <laughs> I was somewhere else in the boonies, and uh, exciting times, exciting times. You know, I'm going to just minister, uh, and don't worry, I, I'm a short-term short preacher anyways. Amen. That's, that's a given. Uh, uh, something we've been uh, ministering in our church, uh, or doing a series um, uh, on uh, call, a place called Gethsemane, amen, a place called Gethsemane, and, and we're, I just thought I would share a portion of that today, uh, and I'm looking at your, uh, your logo, and I'm looking at those words, uh, love Jesus, we got to remember those, I'm glad you keep that up there, uh, love Jesus, uh, love people, love others, amen, and I tell you what, one, two, three, love Jesus, love people, serve others, uh, because if number one, if you don't do number one, number two and three isn't going to matter. Amen. So we got to love Jesus with all my heart. And recently I've been thinking about uh, back in the day, my heart was different back in the day. And, and I began to ask God, God, I want to I have that heart that you gave me when you transformed me. Somewhere, I, somewhere I'm missing that. Somewhere along the line I've dropped that. It's just not that the urgency uh, it's kind of slipping away, and I remember back in that day that um, uh, when I got saved and God started doing good things, and, and one thing I do remember about uh, uh, coming into the Lord, I was struggling bad, and I remember being at the altar, and I'll never forget it. I don't even know if he remembers, but, but Pastor Clem came up to me, and he just prayed, and he encouraged me. He looked at me straight in the eye, and he says, you got to fight. And we understood that mean, you know, uh, both ex-military, and I understood what he meant when he says, you got to fight through. And, and I always remember that to this day. So thank you, Pastor Clem. Amen <laughs> for that encouraging word. I'm excited. Amen. But I remember thinking about the, uh, when I got saved and, and, and God started, the fear of God was in me. Amen. How many remember the fear of God? Amen. The fear of God is so... Uh, important uh, that we abide in the laws of God and the righteousness of God and his holiness. And, and listen, church, uh, uh, we, we are in a time where we cannot afford to be the way we were a year ago, two years ago. 
We have to be real. We have to be uh, 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 right in Christ. And there was this thing in me, this fear that, that said, man, when Jesus comes back, what, where do I want to be if he was to come back? Because we don't know the hour, amen? We don't know the day. We know the signs. We, we, we know the prophecy. But the exact time, no man knows. And I said to myself, and I told others, you know what? When Jesus comes back, uh, uh, I want to be, either, I wanna be the, either in church uh, or I want to be in, in outreach or I want to be uh, doing something for God. I don't want to be anywhere else. I don't want to be at Taco King when Jesus comes back or, or in and out or the movies. And uh, Not that I'm, uh, I'm demonizing those things, but I want to be in the right place at the right time. Can somebody say amen? And I'm thinking about uh, this story uh, in the place of Gethsemane when Jesus went to the garden. We know the story, Matthew chapter 26. Um, he was preparing his disciples for what was next. And uh, we are all talking about what's coming next, what we're going to do next. And that's exciting. We need to plan. Amen. Uh, we need to have a plan uh, of what we're doing. And we need to be excited about that, what we're doing. But we also have to be prepared for what is coming next. Amen. Because what we plan does not always go in line with what comes back at us. Can somebody say amen? We don't know what kind of uh, uh, situation we might face and, and, and what kind of event might happen. Things change all the time that shake our foundation. It shakes our world. It shakes our faith in Christ. And we need to be grounded and this is what this story is about. Jesus found his place in Gethsemane. This was a time where he took his disciples and he took the sons of thunder and he took Peter uh, a little farther and he told them to uh, pray and watch, watch and pray. And so um, I'm going to read the scripture real quick. Then Jesus in verse 36, we're going to just kind of scroll down. He went with his disciples uh, to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. Now, I'm reading out of the, uh, uh, this is the, the, the gospel of Matthew, okay? 37, it says, he, he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled because he knew what was coming. And as, a, as Jesus being in, in the form of man, he had to deal with his emotions. He had to deal with the temptations. He had to deal with uh, the thought of being brutalized. And, and, and yet he relied on God. He prepared himself and he was trying to prepare his disciples. And so, and he was sorrowful and much troubled. In verse 38, then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. And in verse 38, and now we're, well, in verse 38, I'll get there right now, but let me tell you what he was telling disciples to do. What they didn't know that this was their last night with him. This was the final push. This was the final ministry. This was the final miracle. Whatever was going to happen in that hour was the last time they were going to be with him. But what did they do? They went to sleep. They fell asleep. And he told them, 
uh, uh, pray and watch, pray and watch. And he was trying to relate the urgency of what was coming next. He was trying to prepare them for what was coming next. But instead, uh, they were tired, I get it. They were weary. They've been following him uh, for hours and they had just come from the Last Supper and Judas had just betrayed him and uh, well, he was setting him up to be betrayed. And so they're in the garden, and they may be they're feeling, man, after that big dinner and all the drama, it's time to take a nap. How many ever feel that way, amen? How many have ever had a long phone call, and you're listening to somebody, and they're going on and on and on, and after that, you feel like, man, I need a nap, amen? Anybody? <laughs> and so we see here the disciples, uh, they were... They were sleeping while Jesus told them, wait. But let me tell you something that we discover in verse 38 is that an hour spent with God is an hour graced to us. I want you to know something. Uh, you and I, uh, you know, we have to find that place Jesus found in the Garden of Gethsemane. Amen. We need to be at that place uh, to prepare for what will come next in our life. We don't have to fear it, but we have to be prepared for it. Amen. And sometimes just doing the, uh, uh, the mechanics of, of, of maybe church stuff or, or going through the theatrics of different things, that's not going to be enough. We, as God's people, we need to grace that hour in, in, in the Garden of Gethsemane, wherever we choose that to be. But I want to tell you something. Jesus uh, was... was reaching to the Father, we need to reach to Jesus. Amen. The feet of Jesus. Amen. How many want a real breakthrough in, in everything that you do? Amen. In ministry. In ministry. And you want to be blessed, as Brother Eric was saying up here. Well, yeah, God blesses us. But I want you to know something. The first breakthrough that you will ever need is going to be laying prostrate in the presence of God and, and pouring out your soul, amen, bearing all uh, for the angels of heaven to see you in, amen. Because I want you to tell you something. Uh, we get filled with the Holy Spirit, but when he's not being exercised in our lives, we get filled with a lot of other things. Can you say amen? They come in. As easy as they go out, they come in. I call these the toxins of life. We got to uh, the conference and we were anticipating what we're going to do. We're excited. Uh, we, we had our expectations, what we wanted, and, and we were just ready. We were prepared. And then I got to the hotel, and I, and I looked at my wife, and I said, you know what? I forgot my meds, the ones I've been taking for years, every day, steroids, interceptors, all these different things that I'm required to take uh, just so that I can breathe. And I started to panic. And I said, okay, man, how are we going to do this? Uh, uh, we're we're going to have to drive back or whatever. Uh, I'll call somebody, have them bring them to us. All these things. And, and, and I said, you know what? Come over here. We're going to pray. Amen. We're going to pray. I'm not going to be left out this one. I'm not going to miss this one. And, and, and we just begin to pray. And I said, God, uh, if anything, I don't want to leave this conference, and I don't want to end up in the ER. So we're going to pray and believe God. And I tell you what, uh, 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 the whole week, 
uh, I felt like if I had taken them, but I realized something, I was, I was so over-medicated that I felt miserable. I started feeling clean. I started feeling refreshed. I felt like I was detoxing. Amen. And then I realized I was at the conference to detox through God and the Holy Spirit. And so it all began to work, and I began to find that place where I could just uh, uh, present myself before the Lord and say, Lord, here I am. Uh, technically, I should not even be alive. Uh, I should not even be doing ministry. I should not even be uh, uh, walking and, and talking because all that was stripped away from me. But, but God, in, in all my non-wisdom and all my mistakes and faults and things that I brought in and carried throughout the ministry, God just gave his grace upon me. Not because I'm special, because um, I understand what it is to, to go to the feet of Jesus for a breakthrough. Amen. And to, uh, you know, Jesus, the Bible says that he laid prostrate. Amen. While the disciples were, were uh, sleeping. They couldn't stay up. And I begin to think about the humility Jesus expressed. Uh, and, and the Bible tells us in, in these Gospels that he went once, he went twice, he went three times, and a total of four times he came back and, and found the uh, uh, disciples asleep. And at the second time, the first time he said, could you not pray one hour? He was giving them another chance. Okay, I fell asleep, but let's get it together. Let's get it. Uh, God's trying to teach us something. He's trying to warn us. He's trying to show us what's coming next. He is trying to prepare us for what's coming our way. And that's all God ever does. He may not show us everything, but he will always uh, uh, give us a heads up. Can you say amen? He will always send the Holy Spirit uh, to, get, to wake us up. Uh, uh, and, and tell us, stay busy in, in, in prayer, stay busy in the Word, stay busy and always be doing Jesus, amen. Always be talking Jesus, always be sharing Jesus, always be laboring Jesus. It's that, I'll tell you something, uh, uh, we don't have to be well-known or popular. I'll tell you what, if you want to be a well-known pastor or you want to be a popular pastor, then, then there's a danger of missing that mark, amen, because Jesus expressed humility. He expressed uh, simplicity. He expressed the gospel of transformation and saving souls. That's what he was about. That's, that's all he's ever been about. That's what he will be about. And the disciples... They were, they were sleeping. Now, listen, I'm not getting down to the disciples. This had to happen. This is all part of the story. This is all what God saw happening. But uh, uh, here's the thing. When he finally came back and he told them uh, in, in Matthew chapter 26, uh, let, let's look at verse 40. He returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. That's what he said. Couldn't, could you not, men, keep watch with me? He asked Peter. He asked Peter why. He had the sons of Zebedee, known as the sons of thunder, he had Peter. But he asked Peter. See, God was always had a, a, a point man, a reference point. So it's kind of like telling Peter, hey, Peter, man, can't you help these guys? Can't you help keep them up and you yourself? But he asked Peter. There was a reason for that. Peter was a hothead, amen. Peter was uh, overwhelmingly excited, amen. You ever get overwhelmingly excited and then uh, you're, you're, you're saying something or doing something, then you stop to wonder what it is you're trying to do or trying to say? Is that anybody, just me, amen? 
My wife goes, what are you talking about? I'll stop, I'll say, I have no idea. I get going, man, and I get going, I get riled up, I see something I don't like, and, 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 and she's just like, talk to the hand, you know? I don't even know if they still use that. And she doesn't say that, but I can feel that, amen. <laughs> Jesus told Peter, listen, in verse 40, Jesus instructed three men to pray and watch with him. Listen, this garden was a place of strategy and planning, amen. And his first, uh, his first return back was, was like he's coming back to that command center where he left his disciples. Look, at, I want you to stand or, or sit here, whatever, and you pray. Uh, this is the strategy. You pray while I'm over there in, uh, talking to God and, 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 and really just giving one last push, one last push. And he comes back, he says in verse 41, watch and pray so you will not fall into temptation. I believe that is so true. The, the, the only way you and I are going to handle or be able to manage and be able to resist temptation is if we watch and pray. Because let me tell you something, while we are watching and praying, we start seeing things. We start seeing uh, what we need to do. We start seeing what is real. We start seeing what we should avoid. Without that protection, we're very gullible, no matter how spiritual we might feel we are. And it says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Boy, have I heard that scripture so many times. But I'll tell you what, I, I, I went through a long time not completely understanding what that meant on the level of which it is. It's a spiritual, it's part of that spiritual battle. Yes, the flesh is, is, is willing, the spirit is willing, yes. But let me tell you something. Uh, the spirit has to guide the flesh, not the flesh guide the spirit. And that's why we can't think uh, uh, like we want to think. And we can't come up with our own solution and, and, and babble without meaning anything and doing things with no purpose. That's what happens when, when the flesh is leading. But when the spirit is leading, it puts everything in order. God is a God of order. Amen. This is, and God is uh, uh, strategic. He, he has planned out the universe. He has planned out post uh, salvation, uh, uh, post-resurrection, all these things he has planned out so that you and I could walk into his plan. A lot of times we want to walk into our plan and have God put a stamp of approval in it. Anybody ever tried that before? You know, I got a plan, and sometimes we feel like, well, my plan is God's plan because he approves me. The only way he can approve us is when we are submissive to him. And that way of being submissive, it comes down through so many channels. Amen. The Holy Spirit was sent to, to what? To teach us, to correct us. But when we need so much is also that comfort. Amen. See, there's okay. It's okay to be corrected and, and taught, but, but there has to be that comfort to, to, to validate us as people and, and to remind us that God loves us and Jesus died for us. You know, he has not... Uh, he has not, his dying for us has not 
vanished. It still holds. It's still valuable. That's still our ticket, so to speak. Why are you are the way you are? Because Jesus died for me. He forgave my sins, sins that I uh, uh, never thought I would do, sins that I uh, never understood that that was a sin, or sins that I have not done yet, or he has, he has kept me from those things because he died for me. When he came back, the Bible says in verse 43, when he came back, he found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. And in verse 44, so he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned again the fourth time and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. The Son of Man is delivered. Now, I bet at that time the disciples said, okay, Jesus, let's do it. But let me tell you something, that time had passed. And I bet, I can't help but thinking that the disciples were thinking after uh, that if any prayer meeting we should have been at, it was that one. It was that prayer meeting. We should not have missed that. All that we've seen, all that we've been through with Christ, all that he's done for us, all he asked us to do was pray for an hour and we all fell asleep. And now that we're willing to do it, it's too late. I'll tell you what, brothers and sisters, we don't want too late, amen? We, we, we are constantly warned in the day we live in. The word of God is alive. The word of God is real. It is still refreshing us. And we need to uh, uh, consider that uh, because I'll tell you, uh, I want to be. I, I want to be in that mind where I says, you know what, God, when you come back, I want to be in church. I want to be worshiping. I want to be outreaching. I want to be somewhere where you're at, Amen. And I don't want to say, man, I wish I would have been at church and I would have, I would have heard, or I would have heard that last message that I needed, or or serving the Lord instead of pleasuring myself, out running around like a madman. The one thing they should have done. Listen, in verse 42, all the way through 45, it was the last call. Four times Jesus returns and finds his disciples missed. That last hour to pray and watch with him. His last hour. There was going to be no more miracles with Jesus. There was going to be no more feeding the poor, casting out demons. There was going to be no more uh, 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 being comforted by Christ. He was going to be taken from them. And, and, and how do we know? What was, the, what, what was the evidence of that? When they arrested him, when they finally came and arrested him, the Bible says they scattered. They just scattered, man. They ran for their lives. You know, now, Peter was, what, what was he, he must have thought he was the brave one. And he probably was until, until it became real. And they began to say, aren't you him that was with Jesus while he was following along? And he goes, no, it's, it's not. And, and, and three times, and he remembers uh, the words of Jesus in that same chapter. This, his, before the rooster crows, it was going toward the morning now. He says, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter swore. He says, Lord, I will die with you, but I will not deny you. I'll tell you something, when, when we're not, I'll tell you, something that makes us brave is to be in Christ. It's not, it's not weak. It's not sissy. It's not, uh, well, you can't really make it through life on your own. It's, it's none of that stuff. It takes, I, I believe 
It takes a man and a woman or a young man, a young woman, or even a child that is bold enough to stand for God and say, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to make sure I don't miss that last hour. I'm going to be prepared for what comes next in my life because I'm going to be in Christ as God has told me to be. Walk in Christ, walk in the Spirit, and what? You shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. If we are not walking in the Spirit, what makes us think just because we know Scripture that we're going to be strong enough to resist the flesh? Where God has warned us in His Word. I'll tell you something. I know how, how powerful the flesh can be in the mind of a sinful person. And my own testimony, testimony bears witness to that in my life. But I tell you what, I know the, 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 the resurrection power and the deliverance of Jesus Christ even more. That's the side I want to be on. Amen. I want to be on his side. It's a time of preparation has passed. What, what is going to get by us? Amen. We're like, I don't know if any of you guys like football. I don't mean American football. Uh, overseas, you can't call, you can't say soccer. Amen. Anywhere you leave out of our borders, you can't say soccer. So, you, you know, that goalie is there, and he's like, nothing's getting by me. And we need to think that way in the spirit. Because inside here, that's where, that's losing right there. And we need to be like, we got our, we got our, our, our spiritual walk. Inside this, this goalie area is our families, it's our salvation, it's our provisions, it's everything that God has given us. And our salvation most of all. And we've got to be like that goalie. We've got to be quick because the enemy will kick the ball, act like he's going up, and he'll go down, and he'll try to get around us. And, 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 and what happens, if we're not ready, if we're not watching, uh, we're going to be suckered. Sucker punch, amen. How many know what a sucker punch is? Anybody? I can't believe nobody's ever been sucker punched. Or I can't believe anybody has not sucker punched somebody. Amen. I've gotten both. But prayer and watching, man, I'll tell you something. If anybody can teach us to pray, it's the Word of God. You can't, you can't, sign, you can't put a science on it. You can't put a formula on it. But one thing that makes prayer, one thing that gives it its flavor, its humility, is to surrender. You know, as men, we try to stay strong, and we're like, Oh, I'm going to be the last one standing. I'm going to be the last. Let me tell you something. I, I used that approach, and I actually was the last one standing. And, and, and I'll tell you what, there was nothing honorable about it. There was no bravery there. It was a place of loneliness. And God wants us to be in fellowship with him and, one, and with each other. Don't take this for granted. Don't take this at all for granted because when we're alone, we're vulnerable. We're surrounded. We're surrounded by a, a cloud of witnesses, the Bible says. And in that also comes the saints of God. Amen. It's important. There's nothing new or popular about what I'm saying, but I tell you, the word of God is truth. It's truth. I wish I could say, well, you know what? This battle, we got it. It's going to be easy. And, and, and my wife cautioned me many times. She goes, don't, don't always talk about the devil. I hardly talk about the devil. Amen. And, 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 and all these different things. And I, I do not. But you know what? God puts the spirit in me. And I say, you know what? Later with the devil, I'm going to talk about Jesus. Amen. 
I want to talk about his salvation and his, his, the power to heal, the power to deliver, the power to save, the power to forgive. What could be stronger than that? That's why Jesus, my wife and I were talking, uh, I go, you know what, why, why is it? Um, uh, it's, it's, Jesus knew that as people, we're going to have a hard time with each other. Amen. We're going to, you know, it's, it's a natural thing for people in this, in this sinful nature that, that we inherited. And so that's why Jesus talks so much about forgiveness. Amen. Forgive, forgive. Learn to forgive. And we hear that a lot uh, in the Word of God. Forgive, forgive, forgive. And it's so important that we, we, we inherit that spirit of forgiveness into our spirit. Because when somebody crosses us and, and somebody... Uh, does this wrong, uh, uh, you know, the first thing, I know with, with in, in my mind, the first thing was make a battle plan. How can I assassinate this guy? <laughs> or, or, or whoever it is, amen. There's no discrimination. I'll assassinate the whole bunch. And God tells us to turn around that. Love people. You can love somebody and, and your forgiveness will, will blow them away. You ever done that with somebody? You go up to them and you think, oh man, they're gonna, all the things I did to them, they're going to give it to me. And you, and you tell them you love them and they look at you like, like you're stoned or something. Amen. Is that still a word? I don't know. You're, you're messed up or what's wrong with you? What happened to you? They don't understand God's love. But it's something powerful. Jesus loved these guys. He loved them very much. He told them, but he was not harsh. He was saying, hey, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, it's, it's a little too late now to, 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 to do anything. Uh, uh, they're taking me. And the time had passed. See, as I said, as I get ready to close this evening, the beginning of any breakthrough for you and I, it, it, it must, be, uh, must be at the throne of grace. Must be at the throne of grace. Whatever it is, you might need a breakthrough uh, uh, in your marriage, in your finances. And you can say, well, I'm going to, I'm going to break through that by doing more. And, and you have good intentions, but always sometimes good intentions isn't the right thing. It's having the mind of Christ. God instructs us to have the mind of Christ. So we are thinking like-minded. And then we know what to do. God, you know what? I've been going the wrong direction. I'm going to turn around and I'm going to listen to you so that I can walk the right way. And the only way to do that, if Jesus could get on the ground and pray to God and lay there, and, and you and I are not above that, man. And God convict me of that. And Lord said, when is the last time you did that? And I was like, oh God, I'm trying to remember. And it's like, just forget about it. Just don't try to remember it. Just do it. Amen? Let's stand. So, we, brothers and sisters, we just need a detox from the world's toxins, amen. The world is full of toxins, and, and they come at us every day. There's no, there is no escape from them coming at us, but we can, we can uh, uh, put a shield in our heart, in our mind. We can protect our hearts and our minds. You know when that's evident? When that's evident, it, it is always what we, what we, not what we say we believe, but it's always evident in, in what we do, amen? 
and, and, and how we treat others. And, you know, uh, uh, my wife knows when I go off the grid, man. She knows that I'm mad. She knows that I'm upset. And, uh, you know, and I've even said things. Uh, oh, I'm looking for my... Uh, I'm looking for my blood pressure pills. And she's saying something to me, and I go, I don't know. I don't know. The reason I'm taking them is because of you, I told her. And that's not true. That's not true. But see, when we get mad, we say things we shouldn't say. Amen. Anybody else besides me say things they shouldn't say? Thank you, Jesus. There's somebody real in here. <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't confession time, but it's time to be real with God. Amen. So I want to pray this morning. But as I, we bow our heads, we bow our heads, um, I want to say this and to the Lord. Let's give him reverence for a minute as our group comes up. We need time to detox. I mean, we need time to detox from the world's toxins. We need that time with God. I'm thinking about this related to the own things I've done, taking the, the pills I've had to take. And... But I learned this, and I asked the Lord to help me to understand this, that it may be the sickness and being over-medicated has not taken me out of the game or, or overly destroyed me or how that ever pertained to you. But I know one thing in common, but pride can still easily destroy me or anyone else, both subtly and slowly. That's how pride destroys us, subtly and slowly, like a toxin, like venom. It, it just slowly, like cancer, just slowly goes through you. And we're functioning, but because we refuse, we refuse to bow before Christ for whatever reason, while I've been a believer a long time, I know better. I don't, I don't need to go down to that basic fundamental uh, status. I could just work it through with God on my own or work it through myself. Uh, pride, pride will always take us down one way or another. Nobody is above that pride. It's something that has to be subdued or else it consumes you. And, and the, the evidence is, let's say two years, three years, anything you and I have seen in this world, everything that's changed in this world, everything that's changed in our life, tell me that pride is not in the middle of there somewhere. For you and I to overcome that, we must submit to Jesus. The Bible tells us every knee and every tongue, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. Those words are not there for nothing. I believe that. Lord, I will bow my knee to you and, and I will confess you are Lord one way or another. So I want to just ask you this morning, this evening, excuse me, you don't know Jesus. He wants to love you. He wants to fill you. He wants to be with you. He wants to hold you, teach you, comfort you. All these things with the Holy Spirit by coming to Him and giving your life to Christ and saying, Lord, I am a sinner. Maybe you heard this but never done it. 
then I would encourage you to do it and to come right now while somebody will pray with you and, and you will be welcomed. You don't need to be shamed. You don't need to feel embarrassed. We've all done this. This is the way to the cross. And for us believers, let me tell you something. For us believers, it's time. It's time to kill the pride. The very little that even controls our life. And say, you know what? I, I need to be at the feet of Jesus every day. Because if we knew Jesus was coming tomorrow night, I can guarantee you we would be at the feet of Jesus tonight and in the morning. But we don't know that. It's so important to always have the heart that's at the feet of Jesus. I want you to come tonight, believers. Whatever God is, wants to do in your life, it's going to happen when you submit yourself to the Spirit of God. And we're going to pray. We're going to ask uh, those of you that help pray. We're just going to lay hands and do what we do and strengthen to the Holy Spirit, see people blessed, see people excited, see people get touched. And we're going to give God a few minutes.